You're listening to Quick and Dirty History, the show about American history on the go. I must study politics and war, that our sons may have the liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. John Adams, 1780. So let's get rolling. Benjamin Franklin and John Adams had rallied the support of the French, a sworn enemy to the British, whether in North America, the Caribbean, or in Europe. French involvement was a game changer. Not only did they bring supplies and a very powerful navy into the fold, the French added immense credibility to the American cause. That credibility, in turn, earned the Americans support from the Spanish and the Dutch. Quickly, this revolution had become a world war. The British were in a predicament. For many years, the British had relied upon their navy to conquer enemies. This was the first time a major land campaign of this scale had been fought in a while. And they were stretched pretty thin. Great Britain could not entirely turn their back on the world and focus all their attention on the war in North America. The British sent thousands of troops to various parts of the world, most notably the West Indies, to help secure their interests outside of America. To make matters more complicated, the British were used to conquering a nation's capital and letting the dominoes fall. In this case, there was no true capital city to conquer in America. They went from Boston to New York to Philadelphia where the Congress met, and as we'll see, to Charleston and Savannah. And yet, the Patriots continued to rise up against the great British military. The British made some dynamic moves, like attempting to bribe Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, as well as offer a peace treaty. But it was too little, too late. And Benjamin Franklin and George Washington were not to be bought. They were patriots through and through. The British realized what they had been doing just wasn't working, and it was time to mix things up. It was time to head south. The British made the assumption that in the south, they would find a huge amount of loyalist support. British Parliament figured that all in all, there was a small amount of American rabble-rousers causing all the problems. And there were plenty of colonists on their side who would take up arms against the Patriots. They swiftly captured Georgia and the Carolinas. The British sailed to Charleston, which was the largest port city in the South, and took control. General Charles Cornwallis remained in the South while the rest of the British Army moved north to continue to engage the Patriots and pursue them into Virginia, even attacking George Washington's home at Mount Vernon. Perhaps loyalists to the British would have joined the fight if their soldiers had been a lot nicer. The British army trampled fields, looted farms, enacted martial law, and acted like a bunch of pompous, superior pricks. There were definitely lots of British-leaning Southern loyalists who didn't appreciate the way they were treated and chose to support the Patriots instead. In the South, George Washington's most loyal and dependable general, Nathaniel Greene, did a great job of keeping the British army very busy. His famous motto was, We fight, get beat, rise, and fight again. And that's exactly what they did. 
While they didn't win a lot, American soldiers engaged the British with skirmish after skirmish, weakening them at every step of the way until the British Army reunited in Virginia. Nathaniel Green also gave the serious badass Daniel Morgan 1,000 troops to take on the British at the Battle of Cowpens. Which is what the movie The Patriot is loosely based upon. American General Nathaniel Green did just what General Washington had expected him to do. His Patriot forces chipped away at the British until General Cornwallis and his British soldiers were forced to a small coastal town in Virginia called Yorktown. 